Hello, listeners. I have one question for you. What's your favorite scary movie? Hello, everyone. Bri the Movie Guy here. And on today's podcast, we are in After the Credits. It's our review episodes that we get into where we stay in our universe to talk about the films that we will know and possibly love, possibly hate for all time. On today's podcast, we are talking about the brand new released Scream 6. So as I'm recording this, I actually haven't gone in and seen the movie yet. Um, I will be seeing it after this first half, but I wanted to kind of get this first section out of the way because when I start recording again... I really want to have this movie in my head as fresh as humanly possible. But before we get into the review, um, some things to know about Scream 6. One, it's going to be the longest one in the series. Right now it's clocked in at 2 hours and 3 minutes. It's going to be released. Um, hopefully this is going to be this episode's released on March 10th as you're listening to it. might be March 11th, but um, definitely seeing it. Thursday night, um, for sure. Uh, this film does not star Nev Campbell. It is the first screen movie to not have Nev Campbell, and Courtney Cox so far is the only actor or actress, I should say, um, to be in all of the screen films at this point, I believe, unless there's someone I'm missing that's also in this. Uh, but the movie stars the newer cast from um, the previously released Scream, which came out um just last year so kind of crazy that they were able to do such a quick turnaround on this so it makes me a little bit nervous about what we are about to talk about on this episode but this one stars um out of the original or out of the new cast from Scream 5 or as I would like to call it Screams but instead of an S it would have been a 5 which I thought would have been more clever clever but that's the neither the point um but these newer films this kind of reboot of the series stars jenna ortega as tara melissa barra as sam jasmine savory brown as mindy um uh mason gooding as her brother chad um we have uh devin nakota for uh, playing anika josh uh Segura as danny um We also have joining Jack Champion as Ethan, Liana Lobardo as uh, Quinn Bailey. Um, I don't know why I said her last name, but no one else is. Tony Vervolori. Oh, my God. I fucked up his name bad, but we're just going to keep on going here. He's Jason and Samara Weaving as um, Laura and Dermot Mulroney as Detective Bailey. Those are the last name. There's a lot of people in this, obviously. And returning to this cast, Courtney Cox, as usual, as Gail Weathers. She is the only original returning cast member from the original trilogy. But we do have one who previously was believed to have died back in Scream 4, but she was a really big fan favorite, my personal favorite of that movie, uh, from Scream 4, Hayden Panetaria back as Kirby. Let's fucking go. Um, it, uh, this film is uh, directed by um, Matt Olpin, or um, 
Matt uh, Benintendi Bettinelli uh, open and Tyler uh, Gillette Gillette. Um, and it's written by James Vanderbilt, Guy Busick, and the characters are based on those of Kevin Williamson, who uh, pretty much helped build this franchise to where it was today, especially giving us the original classic from uh, 1990, um, 1996, sorry, had a brain fart there. But anyway, yeah, I'm really excited to watch this. I'm really excited to talk about this. So how this podcast is going to work for this episode for all the listeners because I'm releasing this so much quicker than previous review pods. Usually it's been like, I'll go see it the Monday after its release or even a week after its release and then come out with the episode. So for this, the very first part of my review will be spoiler free. It will be the first maybe 15, 20 minutes. I don't know. But the final half, and of course, I will let you know when the spoilers come, but there will be heavy, heavy spoilers for everyone who's watched, or if you're one of those awful people who just don't give a fuck about spoilers, I get it. Some people, that's an anxiety thing. I get it. Horror films are hard for some people to watch. But for this review, uh, I want people to know you are safe for right now, because right now, as I am talking, um, I have not seen the movie but I am about to. Um, I want to give a little, a few little fun facts. Um, Nev Campbell stated on June 6, 2022 that she would not be reprising her role of Sidney Prescott after starring in the five previous entries due to a salary dispute with uh, Paramount. Um, I do not disagree with her. A lot of the cast actually came to her defense, including one of the nicest people I've ever met, Matthew Lillard. Um, um, after Campbell announced that she wouldn't be reprising her role as Cindy, um, Matthew uh, Lillard offered his support for her decision. He said, and it, it's the truest thing, did Tom Cruise take less money for Maverick? For Maverick? Um, he said, insisting that a woman should not be expected to take a similar paycheck. He noted that Scream 5 was a smash hit and that Campbell should be paid accordingly. And it's, it's fucking true. Like, Tom Cruise has never gone into a movie and said, like, well, here, you know, just because, like, I know the Mission Impossible series at one point was going to try to have Jeremy Renner take over his part. But then he was like, nah, this is my bread and butter. I got to keep it, which I'm glad. I love the Mission Impossible movies. But it's, the, it's you know, the same thing. If you're not going to cut Tom Cruise's money, who makes the Mission Impossible series, don't cut the money of Nev Campbell, who's made the Scream series this far. But I think having her out of the movie, which we will talk about more, um, might help in a sense of it's going to definitely shake up the story and things a bit. Um, this film was greenlit on February 3rd, 2022, three weeks after uh, Scream 5 was released. Um, this is actually the first acting credit for Hayden Panatera in five years, and it's the first, uh, screen film to be shot outside the United States as shooting took place in Montreal, Canada, as most, a lot of New York films do just because of, um, the population there and taxes and all this other, uh, industry bullshit, um, uh, this is the first film without both um, Sydney and Dewey. This is the first time that's happened. Um, the, uh, Roger Jackson does provide his voice for this film. He does it for every film, but I guess, okay, so him and Courtney Cox will say that. Um, Melissa Beria told uh, Collider that the upcoming sequel had the potential to be 100 times 
gorier than any previous entry in the long-running horror series, according to the uh, to the actor directors. Uh, uh, Matt and Tyler were always asking to increase the amount of blood on set. There was a saying on set because directors Matt and Tyler were always asking for more blood and more sweat. Uh, Barra said they always just wanted more. And I think like I feel like you have to be careful because as much as this has been kind of a bloody franchise in the past, it hasn't been overly gory. It's kind of kept a a sense of realism to it, it for the most part. Um but yeah, anyway, going on uh, real quick, because I don't want this part to last long. I, I'm excited to talk about the movie. I'm excited to hear for you guys to hear about this. But, you know, these are fun facts. Some of you might really like this. Um, Kevin Williamson revealed Kirby would have been a would, would have been back sooner, but the production team just couldn't seem to locate Hayden Panetera. We're like, where's Kirby? We couldn't find her. Williamson, who wrote Scream 4, as well as the 99 original and its sequels as i said recalls in a new interview with variety she doesn't have an agent she had sort of disappeared williams said that he finally found an opportunity to get her back on board while filming season two of his series tell me a story in tennessee in 2019 and i think that was probably like during i know she was in uh um anyway let's uh, i'm getting off track um but yeah, he was down in Nashville, Tennessee, and that's where um, Williamson met with producers who had worked with her on that Nashville sh- show. Um, from there, it was all about connecting dots. It, um, uh, he said, I called up my producers in Nashville and said, do you know Hayden Panatera by any chance? Because we can't find her. He's like, oh yeah, let me call her, says Williamson. I already said that part, sorry. And then he called back and was like, all right, found her. Although Williamson is happy to discuss the process of nabbing Panatera, he remains tight-lipped on how exactly Kirby will make her return. There's so much speculation about what her participation is in the movie, and I love it, said Williamson. Uh, We should just let it live until the movie, which is cool. It's a good idea because there are a lot of questions. I just hope there's no plot twist where she's the killer now because, I don't know, I kind of hate that that look that it's too if i'm saying it now it's too predictable of a twist um in an interview on the red carpet at the critics choice celebration of latina cinema and television jenna ortega divulged in the next installment on the meta horror series will feature plenty of callbacks particularly one that will have fans thinking on the heart pounding scream two chase between ghostface and courtney cox's gail weathers um, General Cortega said, Scream 6, I'm so, so excited about because there's a lot of good chase sequences, Ortega teased, um, kind of reminiscent of Scream 2, there's a chase between Gale and Ghostface through the lab, I feel like we have a lot of stuff like that this time around. So, pretty much everything I said, I don't know why I had to quote her there. Um, Samara Weaving joined the cast of July 14th, 2022, she previously worked with direct the directors in Ready or Not. I really liked Ready or Not. I thought it was a fun movie. Um, I almost have a feeling she might be one of the killers because of her role, her and Jenna Ortega's roles in that the babysitter, the that babysit the baby. I think it's just called the babysitter movies. Um, yeah, the babysitter killer queen is what they start in. Um, the teaser trailer suggests that the film takes place around Halloween. It features the main cast on a subway train with people around them dressed up in costumes of horror film villains, which I thought was kind of cool. And it was also a good way to pay homage to all of them. 
Um, in the trailer, Ghostface is seen using a shotgun and costume, ignoring the other killers' unwritten rule of resorting to guns only when they when they unmask themselves. Um, if you've seen the trailers, though, we know why that happens. Um, this is this the third film in the series to place place outside of Woodsboro after Scream Two and Scream Three. Um, and I'll just do one more. Um, Samara Weaving is seen wearing a yellowish green dress in behind the scenes photo for Scream 6. A dress of similar color was worn by Courtney Cox in the very first Scream movie. And, um, and oh, but this is also, okay, this is a weird one, but I wanted to mention it because, um, I noticed something about the 2022 Scream logo. But they say this one is the first one in the series to ha- where the number title is a Roman numeral. But if you look at the Scream one, because I really feel like, because everyone knows it as, I mean, it's called Scream, but it, it's Scream 5, let's face it. If you notice the M, I always thought it was just like kind of weird that the M was kind of slightly further down. But if we, it goes off of what they're kind of doing with the logo this time around, I think that could easily just look like a five. So that could easily be a Roman numeral five. And then this new one is about to be a numer- uh, yeah, Roman numeral six. But uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, let's see. I, want, I don't want to do too many. Um... um I don't want to do too many fun facts because I want to focus on uh, the review now. It's uh, We're 13 minutes into this. I know we, I've been talking. Hopefully you found some of what I've said interesting. Um, I'm really excited for this. So the next time you hear me talking on this podcast, I would have just then just walked out of the theater watching Scream 6. I'm watching it with my buddy Brandon. He might pop on this. Uh, I'll see what he, if he wants to talk about it. I'll see. Um, he's bringing his lady, Savannah, who's also a good buddy of mine. Um, and maybe she'll join us. So, yeah, we'll see if we can get them on. But if not, you know, don't worry. Spoiler review coming at you pretty much right now. Hello, everyone. Uh, I just got out of the theater um, I was going to record with my buddy Brandon, but um, it is very late. It is after midnight right now, and man, oh man, okay. The the spoiler-free portion of this episode is going to be very, very short because you can't talk about this movie without giving shit away, but man, is it good. God, I have never, I haven't, no, I don't want to say I never, I haven't felt suspense from a horror film like this in a while and I just kudos to the filmmakers and how I don't know this didn't feel like your typical everyday screen movie there was definitely like it's definitely still heavy on the meta thing like it's very meta with itself and horror films in general but um this time around though like it just it didn't feel like your typical screen movie it doesn't it starts out similar to your scary, normal uh, scream movies, but um, God, with a fantastic twist that I, I just there was, the trailers don't give anything away of this movie because I didn't see a lot of the shit coming. Not gonna lie to you, um, I'm still kind of confused on some people's um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Their fates. 
I, I, I'm still confused on a few people's fates considering uh, some of uh, – this is probably, like, one of the more brutal of the Scream movies that we've ever seen. Like, there's so much more blood, and, like, the kills, like, I feel like the filmmakers of this series said, hey – we got to figure out some better creative kills. And they're like, well, it is just a normal person with a knife. Yeah, but what if they stab them a whole lot of times? Because we get a shit ton of just the most rage-filled stabbings. Because I remember in the original Scream, like, people weren't necessarily stabbed a lot. But, you know, like, I, I this is like the more brutal version of the Scream movies I've ever seen. But, man, was it good. I really like this one. Um... There was definitely some cheesy parts, definitely some like, oh yeah, that figures kind of moments, but otherwise, like, uh, like I said, you can't really talk about this movie extensively without going into, um, I'm driving home right now, so if I ever sound distracted, because I'm trying, to, I'm doing my best to record here, which I just have the, um, phone in my cup holder, and just, yeah, uh, but anyway, see what I mean? Uh, concentrating more on the road here, which is important, people, which is important, but, uh, God, I really like this movie. I, I, I worked at the theater tonight, and I walked around the very last set when it was premiering, because I had to wa wait until after work to watch it, but, um, yeah, I had this little post-it note on my pocket, uh, with, um, um, avoiding spoilers, thanks. Uh, written on it, and I was walking around with my headphones on just to make sure nobody ruined this fucking movie for me, because I feel like once you know who the killer is, a lot of the fun leaves the window. Now, I will say, one of the killers I kind of expected, one of the killers I definitely expected, and one of the killers I was genuinely surprised about. Now, I came up with my own little theory, and I hate fan theories because it only leads to disappointment. But I, I my buddy Brandon can contest. I might actually, if you want a guy, if you guys want to, I will. Well, I guess I won't have any time for feedback, but I think I'll talk to him because me and him work at the. Uh, my main job is uh, I work with him, so um, I'll probably add like a little stinger of like us talking about the movie because he's a very hard cookie to uh to break crack um he's very um critical of movies i didn't want to say judgy because that wasn't the correct word and it doesn't go with but he he's he's a man who when he watches a movie he wants it to be good and he really liked this me and him were both like we we're geeking out the whole time like we're, we're 90s kids scream is one of like the essential uh horror films of the 90s and yeah um, I'm just now getting home, though. Uh, my brother wants to record and talk about this, and the rest of this podcast will not be spoiler-free. Like, the the remaining amount of time here, it's going to be filled with spoilers. So, if you're someone who likes spoilers, keep on listening. But if you're someone who wants to avoid spoilers, please just, you know, um, yeah, just... I, I have plenty of other episodes of this podcast available, so go check that out, or... Uh, one I've been listening to, Pod Meets World, if you're a Boy Meets World fan. But right now, let's get in to the spoiler-filled review. Okay, so you can't talk about this movie at all without spoiling it. Because the trailers do not spoil it. 
none of the advertising spoils it because I went in expecting a Scream movie. It got delivered Scream movie 2.0. Yeah. Like, that's the best way I can describe what I just witnessed to me right now. Now it's late. I just saw the movie, so, like, maybe it will dwindle down by the morning. Who knows? But I was just... I've never felt more suspense out of one of these movies. Maybe it's because I've seen the others for so many times, but not even, like, the fifth one. Yeah. Because in the fifth one, I knew who the killer was right away. Like, Crazy Girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and... um Meg or uh, Meg Ryan's kid, like uh, a yeah. Jackie or Jack, what's his Jack Quaid? Jack, Jack Quaid. Quaid. I knew I was getting <laughs> there eventually. Um, but uh, but um, yeah, like the fifth one, I knew who it was going to be. You know, Jack Quaid or the girl, the girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because sometimes casting ruins this. Now yeah. for this movie. Casting kind of ruined it, but kind of didn't, because this has probably, like, the best opening of any Scream movie besides the very first film. Mm -hmm. Because Screams 2 through 5 all follow a same theme of a girl, some girl's home alone, she gets a call from the killer, and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. This time, though, even though one of the people that I thought was going to be a killer, was a killer, not the killer, but a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, the person I thought was going to be the killer with him was the victim, <laughs> which was good because Samara Weaving kind of has that, that kind of, but it, it's different. It's so different this time around because they show us the killer. Yeah, They show us the killer after the killing. And I was just like, Oh, they're going to go this fucking route with it. I was like, maybe this is a stab movie. Like, I was like, okay, no, okay, they got me. It's a stab movie opening. And then Tara pops up, and I was like, fuck, no, this is happening. (laughs) This is the movie. This is, they have changed what this, what we will find out is called the franchise or the whatever, the saga or whatever they called it. Um, But, uh, this has to be like easily one of my favorite openings that they've ever had besides the very first film. Cause nothing's ever going to beat the very first film. Although, like it was monumental from a tree with your guts hanging out. No, now they tried to do it a little bit with scream Two with like the movie to... theater thing, but like, like that. and that one was cool, but then they fell back into the whole spiel of it. But then they went with like, Oh no, it's a fake stab opening that turned into the real opening. But this one was just, there were so many twists because I was like, I can't think of the actor's name, but he was from Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, Tony Rivoli. Yes, thank you. Um, they reveal for him to pretty much be the killer in the very beginning. Or the funny thing is, I didn't think that sounded like his voice, but now knowing that he was the one behind the mask, I was like, okay, that was his voice. But I really thought it was like Patton Oswalt. That they just had to know a voiceover. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, I guess Pat Oswalt's a really big fan of this. And then when he took off the mask and I saw him, I was like, that is uh, his voice, uh, Nero. What was it? The little Nero? Was that his voice or name in Grand Budapest? Yep. But he kills Samara Weaving in like the bloodiest. I, like, I didn't expect that kill. Yeah. Like it was intense, but I was like. Hat goes off to Samara, by the way, too, because it's great to have that sympathetic feel for the opening kill once again. Because, like, 
you know she was just a she was just a professor going on a blind date and then she gets I, I fucking killed so by one of her dumbass students yeah she got like the ultimate catfish right there and it just sucked um you know i felt sorry for her. i love too how you could find that this incredibly gorgeous woman is like very vulnerable on a blind date and everything i mean like, she they kept I, I just you know i can buy it though and that, usually i would say oh i don't buy it because she's like you know samara is very very beautiful and it's like you know but it's like i love how they showed she could be vulnerable and everything too kind of reminded me of her character a little bit from ash versus evil dead as well but uh, that's another. That's another. Oh, I forgot dead. she was on Ash for she, Evil Dead. Yeah, she, she played, played a character very similar to that. Yeah, yeah. But it's. Um, I thought it was a good idea because we know it's in New York, but she has an Australian accent, and well, she, I assume she's record the like, teacher at like NYU. Yeah, that's my assumption. in film, because yeah. the one thing I talked about in the spoiler-free portion on the way here was. Um, this movie stays to its very meta thing. Mm-hmm. It almost goes a little overboard with the meta-ness. Almost. But yeah. it was enough to where it was just more fun than anything. If, um, it, this almost felt like there was a bit of a passing of the torch in some aspects. Mm-hmm. But then there was like... There's some death cop-outs, for sure. Yeah, And that's what's going to hold this... The, like I, I, I'm just gonna say it right now. This is probably like the second best screen movie besides oh, yeah. the original, like oh, yeah. hands down. Um, but like the opening, ah, the opening just blew my mind. Like I was just like, what is happening here? And then it turns out like, yeah. um, the the guy he thinks is on the phone is chopped up in the fucking fridge, and he's watching Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> I know it's on got, TV. I got a big laugh. Yeah, I was like, ah, but um. And I'm like, all I thought of, wow, they picked the worst one. and it, But it, it had to go. I know. It didn't occur to me until a few minutes later. Oh, okay, now I know. <laughs> you know how clever, more clever it would have been if they just waited one more movie for New York? And we're going to talk about, like, some of the characters for sure. Yeah. Um, because I have some thoughts about Sam now. I don't like where they're going with Sam at all. I, I'm, not, I'm still not sold on the Sam character. Right now, um... My new two, well, I, this was kind of forced upon me because uh, I had to say goodbye to a childhood favorite on the last movie, which is still painful. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't know what the fuck was with Gail's character this time around. I love how they, they did the fake out, too, with, okay, Sam's going to hit her. Oh, she dodged it. Also, oh, I, think, yeah, she was, yeah. I think it was so funny how fast she dodged it, though. Like, yeah. and then, like they showed the full, like, usually it's just kind of like I'll they throw the thing and, like, her head will come out of frame. But, no, they show, like, she, like, dives, dip, dives, <laughs> and dodge and shit like that, avoiding that first fist. Yeah. Uh, Back to what I was saying real quick, though. Uh, my new two favorites of the franchise are definitely... I love Tara. Um, I like Tara. Well, I love Tara, and um, I would say Chad. Chad. I love Chad, man. I, I was, actually went... I, okay. I, this was so embarrassing, because I was the only person in the theater to do this. When, because it reminded me of Dewey at the end of 2, when they were like, we got a live one here. And I'm like, yes, he well, made it! See, I have a problem with... There's one problem I had with the Chad character. What? He shouldn't be alive. Uh, no. He in the first one he got such a vital artery severed. I don't know how he even survived till that. Dewey. And then 
he got double fucking teamed. Yeah. It's several like but here's another problem but it with didn't these look like they got him like it lo- they got him definitely in the sides and then it looked like they got him in the shoulders before they threw him. And down. then like Tara gets stabbed in the back but it doesn't phase her the rest That's, of the movie. That was one thing I wanted to talk about. Yes. Yeah. And it seems and also Mindy Mindy got stabbed like twice in the stomach, and she's just walking up like. Mindy got stabbed the once in the. She got sliced in the arm in the in the room. Yeah. And then she gets stabbed in the subway. The subway scene was such a good fake out though, because the trailer, the very first trailer, you are under the impression they're all together. Yeah. And when she gets separated, I'm like, holy fuck! But okay, Spo- first big spoiler here. I called that that little shit was a killer because I said he's carrying around a book bag the entire fucking movie. Yeah. That's some suspicious shit. And he also, was he's in the but, new Avatar, so it's the, the one dude. Of, is he Spike? Yeah. Fuck that kid. I hate. I hated the Spike kid. I hated this kid. Fuck that actor because I don't like him. I hate his so, fucking face. So when they cast him, they already knew he was going to be in whatever year Avatar 2 would have came out. I could see they gave him, they got him some white appropriation dreads in that movie, Jason. Yeah. And like, I did not recognize him. But now that you say that, I'm picturing his face when he's all like crazy in the little lair where he's yeah. like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to. I always wanted to stick something in you, Tara, or something like that. I so think what, they tried to make him stew right there. They tried to make it. They so tried. Okay, I need a t- my guilty ple- my guilty thing. Yeah. I don't like fan ref- uh, fan theories because people who make fan theories get really upset and pissy when their fan theory doesn't come true. Yeah. There was a moment in the movie where they keep making certain mentions. First thing Tara mentions was the person who attacked us had what looked like a very old mask. And I was like, that's a person who has to have an old mask. And I was like, fuck. And then they were like saying, they're talking about the countdown. Like this has to have a, and this is where I'm a little underwhelmed with the twist. Cause the countdown thing doesn't fucking make sense to me now. Yeah. But they talk about the countdown thing. And during that countdown, when Kirby's talking, they show b- the picture of Billy and Stu. And for s- even though they do this, all the characters who died have that little thing. For some weird reason, Billy's is fucking huge. So you don't see dead 1996. But for Stu, yeah. very tiny photo, very in frame, dead 1996. I was like, that's a little fucking weird. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, Brandon, I think I'm. I think Stu might be the fucking killer. And he's like, "What do you make makes you think that?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. There's just something I'm feeling about this." Also, and then Kirby drops a huge, huge hint, hint. Yeah. like the television thing, because yeah. in no, it's not Kirby who says it. It's Kirby. No, no, no. It's Millie or uh, Mindy. Mindy says it. No, she says it's no. Mindy TV. says if you believe he's if he if no, he believes Kirby he did. Said it. It's Mindy. I just watched it. T- I just watched it too. <laughs> I watched it forty-two minutes ago. My memory trumps yours. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I know it's that because I don't know anything else in the world but that. <laughs> my knowledge, but still, they they drop that hard. I'm like, I, I my buddy and Brandon was just like he tapped me like you might be fucking right. And I'm like, I, I it might be a fucking like mind blown twist that this is Stu. Also, but Stu Mocker like. He Billy, had, Billy Loomis is like this new trilogy has a lot of love for Billy Loomis. They like, overly love Billy. Like the fact that Billy's thing was in the co- in like the glass and stuff like that. I was like, come on! And like the visions, I'm just 
Skeet Ulrich does not look 18. <laughs> they need to move on from that de-aging shit because it doesn't work. I, I no, see like an, I see a 42-year-old man with a very bad wig. <laughs> That's what I see every single time. Yeah. But there, there's that part where he's just like, it's in you. And then like the whole therapy thing, which they do nothing with the, the stealing of her thing. Like I thought, oh my god, they're gonna release the his notes on the on TV. Mm-hmm. No, nope, don't release the notes. I'm like, no, that seems weird. Now for the one before this was the okay. So yeah. the the, kid, the guy, the like the roommate of Chad's being the killer. Yeah. I called that because every fucking scene he's not in it. With now they tried doing it with uh, what they call it, cute guy. Is that yeah. what they address him? I don't. I don't think we ever get his name. Danny. I don't remember hearing it's his Danny. name. I just remember hearing yeah. "cute guy" the no, whole they, movie. It's, it's Danny. Okay, because they everyone and, uh, addresses him as "cute guy." Like anytime he's addressed, it's like good. Like because even at the end, Tara's like when he comes in with all the cops, like yeah, I figured you could use some backup. Because he has the dumbest face on his movie, this movie, the entire time. He yeah. looks like the most confused man. I feel like I he like didn't. Him. Oh no, I, I like him. I want to see more of him. Oh no, we're gonna definitely gonna see more of him. But okay. <sighs> and the funny thing is, is like I kind of called that about him, but he wasn't a, much of a comic relief. But like. He ends up being like the world's nicest guy in New York. He's the world's nicest guy. He he conveniently has a a, a extended ladder in his New York yeah. apartment, so that comes in handy. But dude, that scene was so intense when they're on the ladder and they're oh, crawling. I'm so sorry for Annika, man. Oh, but no, it's like not even just that. Like I don't yeah. feel a lot of sympathy for a lot of characters in horror films because everyone that's not the core four. Uh, is expendable. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's just uh, the I don't like heights. Yeah. And the fact that the ch- the ladder was already rickety, mm-hmm. and then we see it happen, and yeah. then <sighs> it reminds me of that infamous scene, like I said the other day, of Judgment Night. Remember that where Emilio Estevez and Cuba Goody Jr. Just saying, <laughs> but uh. Actually, uh, Mason wasn't in that scene, but um, there's a scene in Judgment Night where Emilio Estevez and Stephen Dorff and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., they have to crawl across this uh, ladder to get to the other side of the building, and Jeremy Piven's character is the one that says, I can't do it, and it's, which I thought at first she was Annika was going to do that because she's like, I'll be right behind you. Usually when they say that, they're the ones that like Piven does, throws the ladder off or something like that. And, um, no, sadly she did try. She tried to get out. She tried to survive and it just didn't work for her. And yeah. Yeah. And so then that's like, the head smash too. Dude, this, this was definitely like, I read IGN gave this a nine out of 10. Yeah. I don't know if I'd give it that high, but it's definitely going to get a higher thing for me for sure. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. But, um, and if, I mean, I imagine people listening this far has either watched it or they just don't care about spoilers. Cause there's about to be more spoilers right now. Yeah. So, the okay the 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 guy as I said, the person I predicted while watching the movie. The second killer was someone people kind of it was too easy of a guess and it pissed me off when he was revealed to be one of the killers, uh-huh. Dylan McRoney. Yeah, because I was just like, and that dude dials it up like his facial expressions like let's kill the son of a bitch and like, yeah. but. I really did think Kirby was going to be the killer 
for a second. I was like, Kirby could have, because here's the thing. Nobody could have gotten that collection without police access. Yeah. Nobody could have gotten that collection. Well. Enter Dermot McBurney. Enter McDermott, but which we haven't even we gotten have not to. Said his name right. Yeah, because <laughs> he all he is is the person from Shameless who broke Fiona Fiona Gallagher's heart at the wedding chapel because he decided to choose heroin over her. Well, I just remember. But <laughs> I remember him as the douchebag that told his son, uh, "Next time we'll probably be together is when the angels win the pennant." That's what I remember him from. So. Well, you gotta have those role models in your life. Um, but him being the he's killer, he's a good actor, though. I like him. He's not. He's he's discount Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's discount because that's who he replaced on Shameless, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, because yeah. he couldn't do the show. Um, but him being the second killer, I was like, okay. The third killer was a little twist, but as I was saying, uh, my point of it was. I convinced myself midway through that Stu was going to be the killer. Yeah. I was like, it has to make sense. Like, this is, he's fucking tired of these people. And, like, that would explain, like, why he was so obsessed with the Billy stuff. And, like, why the truth of Billy wanted to be out there. He wanted the truth of Billy out there. But then we we, we get to, like, the, the overly horny roommate who turns out to be the third killer who we see die but yeah. turns out doesn't actually die because her body gets thrown and nobody and you know what's funny though i remember looking at her body and i could have sworn i thought i saw her breathing and i was just like bitch just doesn't know how to act yeah. um but no that wasn't the case bitch knows how to act but uh you remember her from sons of anarchy by the way she was um the little girl that yeah. got raped at uh Fun town or whatever. That's fun. right. Yeah. I was what the whole time I was like I I was like I know it's from a show, but I do I cannot put where I knew her from because at first at yeah. first I thought maybe she was the friend from the 2018 Halloween. Screaming. Speaking of Halloweens, like the callbacks to so many horror films in that subway scene. Michael got the biggest cheer. I'll tell you that. There was Michael. There was the Midsummer Girl. There was Pit. Dude, the I. These guys, I've the guys who directed this movie. Did they direct the fifth one? Yeah. By the way, the fucking turnaround. It's been a year. Yeah. Since the the fifth one came out, they feel, they made a good sequel in less than a year. Yeah. I that's would, unheard of. Yeah, especially for Dominic Gerard, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> right, but um, <laughs> but they did the only other movie besides Scream Five I can think of is uh, Ready or Not, and I really like that one. But this one was like. There was really so good. much suspense building in this. And I think, I feel like a lot of, like, there was definitely gore. There's definitely killings and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, it was just how they handled it, everything this time around. Just, it felt like things were heightened. Yeah. That felt like there was, it, it felt like the, the kills, somewhat of the kills were um, so much more intense. But, okay, I like Chad. I like Chad. And I, but he should be dead. Like his character, like, not, but God. okay, here's the thing. I know they're building up Sam and Tara's relationship. And then Sam's, she's psychotic. She's Sam's psychotic. Like she's not a likable character because I feel like she needs to be locked up. And if the whole series is going to be these four, uh, two of them getting stabbed. And of course it's like, 
the same okay that's another thing that's bothering me it's the same people that they're faking out deaths either kill either kill them or don't kill them yeah either kill them or don't kill them because chad would have been like a very good death because then you have the the boyfriend guy like coming into it and it's like and then mindy also being dead like Again, you could have had uh, I Kirby been, coming into the swing of things again, you know, even though... I would have rather had Mindy die over Chad, though. I like Mindy. I really do. I like her, too, but I'm just saying, like, that, I would have picked I do like Chad. Chad. I, I, I don't... The chemistry between Tara and Chad are good, though, I but I feel it. like it's almost forced I'll into it, it a I little bit, because, like, we have to have the relationship with Sam and Tara, and then we have the... Now they're, but I don't mind it, it because I think they have good chemistry. I think they work well together. But it is hard to top, though. Uh, may I say so, Miss Weathers? You are much prettier. Prettier. I love that moment. <laughs> so you do watch the show. I'm 25. Five. I was 24, 24 for, for a whole year. year. <laughs> yeah, if, I thought it was an entire year, but I guess it, it is whole year. Now that I think 24 about 24 for a whole year. Yeah. Must do we? Yeah, <laughs> but like, okay, okay, we got to talk way. about all the fake out deaths. Okay. Fucking Gale. Stop keeping... Okay, this is what my biggest problem with the Scream series. They are afraid to let go of characters they want to go through. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's like, I thought we were past that with like the Sydney and stuff like that. Because Sydney was, was literally plot bulletproof. Yeah. Even Dewey to an extent. So when Dewey died, that was a general shock of like, anyone can fucking die. So when Chad is getting double teamed by the... By the the gruesome twosome, as I want to call them now. Yeah. Um, God, I fucking spike. That pisses me off now. Like, of course he's the fucking killer. Um, <laughs> I hate that guy. I really do. Like, he was the worst part of Avatar 2 by far. Like, if you took out that storyline and cut out some unneeded flying scenes, that movie would have been, like, two hours plus, if that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... He, like... Okay, so the last twist with these three killers, because I forget what thought I was just on, because it's late. I'm very tired, so we're going to be wrapping so, this up. It looks like Jack Champion's an asshole. <laughs> that's what it seems like. Jack Champion is an asshole, folks. That's that's the bottom line here. <laughs> I'm gonna. This episode's title is just going to be um, Scream 6, Jack Champion's an asshole. <laughs> but, or I'm just going to make shirts of it, Jack Champion's an asshole. Yeah. Cut your dreads, dude. Stop. No dreads. No white man should have dreads. I'm just saying. Anyway, we're back onto this movie, though. Oh, man, I feel like so the yeah, final fucking twist. Okay, so when they revealed the three of them being the killers, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm a little disappointed it's not Stu. But when they before they revealed the daughter, I'm like, oh, is Stu gonna be like an older brother? Like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> But nope, nope. What's it's the deal just with his rem- fingers too. Like these days, days, you gotta have yeah. a sequel. I think that's just Matthew Lillard being Matthew Lillard, man. Did you? See, uh, we're not. Man, we're not going to talk about Horhound. I was a. I was a little uh, beefed by some recent announcements, and I was like, of course they would add those two people, but um, but um, with this though, it's revealed that they are Dylan Maroney is um. The father of Spike and redhead roommate. Hot redhead roommate. I'll say it now. She's hot. <laughs> but uh, what I don't get is they say that it was classified. 
So that doesn't make sense of how they would have been found. But then, it, well, no, her brother was Chad's roommate. Yeah. So, okay, never mind. Um, but, uh, so they're all family, but that's not like, that's not what's pissing me off. The, what's pissing me off is I don't get why they're going after these girls at this point. They, they're taking forever to explain, like, and finally the big twist, they're Richie's fucking family. I'm just sitting there like, oh, we're doing this spout again, I see. Because that's my little problem is, is everyone going to be related to Richie now? Like, because everybody was like, Billy's mom, and then Cindy's brother, and it's like... It almost feels like this was a reboot of Scream 2, almost. Oh, it was definitely a reboot of Scream 2, because yeah. Mindy acknowledges, like, we're at the school, we get the expendable new castmates that may or may not die, they just bring up the body count, but like... Because Mindy's, because uh, the thing I've always admired about this movie is that they know that the universe, that there is a movie that exists of this events. Yes. And they use it to their advantage very well. Because I fucking love the whole, like... Randy would be pro. <laughs> but there's so many ghost face people walking around in this movie that it adds to that suspense of, like, who's a fucking killer? But then, it, it, again, though, like, fucking Spike... Um, he he carries around the entire time a book bag. He's the only character that runs around with a book bag the entire he, time. He's supposed to be like a nerd or something, right? Well, no, he's in that costume in the beginning. He's well, like here's a... another thing. They fucking did the move that they should never do in a horror film. What's that? They mention the killer, and then they cut to the killer. They cut to that scene. They cut to that kid when they're outside. Yeah. And I was just like, he's the killer. They've and then that. he's just like... And then when he's like, "Wait, why would the, why would I why would they want to kill me?" and then like such such, and then like the girl who's the roommate is the one who's like, "Well, you guys should be expendable too." Yeah. And it's like, see, but hers was much like when she died. I thought she was out because they made okay. Oh, I didn't want to use this phrase, but they turn her into this ter- stereotypical whore of the movie. Because every time her character's around, she is having sex with a man. That Who is the what. Fuck is Paul? Oh my god, that was so funny. I like, got the biggest laugh in the theater. Babe, who's the who's a cute guy? <laughs> you are, honey. Every time, and then. Uh, but he's, they even, just... he's even mentioned as Paul two point in the credits. <laughs> but he's just. Uh... Yeah, it's just that that whole twist of it being Richie's family, but like Dylan McRoney, Dylan McRoney like sells like his plot for it a little better, uh-huh. but like the two kids, like especially like that's why I can't fucking stand that he did that. I always wanted to stick something in you, Tara. Don't. That's rape. <laughs> that's fucking rape. That's yeah. what I have a thing for you, Sid. Not rapey. No. I want to stick something into you. Rapey. Yeah. Better, uh, simple, like, thing to take from this. Jack Champion's an asshole. <laughs> He's a rapist asshole. <laughs> I can't say that. That I don't mean that because I don't know him. But I'm just saying he's an <laughs> asshole. Uh, I, think, I, think I don't want to be held for dif- defamation think, here, but he's an asshole. <laughs> I think he's your Jay Courtney, pretty much. Oh, God. He might be my Jay Courtney. He just ruined Avatar internet, 2 for me. The internet, for some reason, I remember, like... They hate Jay ago. Courtney. They hate Jay Courtney. Yeah, I don't know why he's not that bad of an actor. But, but Jack Champion is, for damn sure. 
Dude, put down the book bag. I would have been way more surprised, but like I, I, I would tell you, hand to God, you asked Brandon, he would have been like, yeah, he kept saying something about that fucking book bag the whole movie. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, like you said, or like you said earlier, and this did bother me about the movie though, is the unrealistic effect of people getting stabbed. There's so many people getting stabbed, and, and just like walking around like it's nothing. Like Tara gets stabbed in the back. Honestly, like I was expecting Jenna Ortega to get killed. Wasn't uh, Annika actually being gutted at one point? Annika, she he stabbed, twisted, then sliced up. So I don't know how she fucking made it to the ladder, let alone on the ladder. Her guts should have been spilling out. From Why is Dewey alive then? Because it seems like in this movie, a stab. Yeah. Uh, was there like was a paper two. Cut. This wasn't just a stab. He was stabbed, twisted, then both knives going up while twisting again, then. But it's almost like... I think... Well, go ahead. We'll talk about this in a minute. I don't like that they're using Chad. I feel like Chad seems like he's a good guy. He is. And I feel like with him, they are using him as such a pity scapegoat like they did Dewey. They're repeating a lot of the same beats. However, even like saying that, they did give us so much new stuff in this. Yeah. I think... Even though the presence of Nev is noticeable, I don't think it hurts it. I do like I think it, line, by the way. Don't tell Sydney he got me. No, um, she deserves her happy ending. So if that was a way to give Sydney, Sydney a send-off without Nev being there, it's great. I had another like thing that popped in my head during the movie, though. What? What if they did pay Nev and she's the killer? <laughs> like Sydney just I, went crazy, I, I but I would have hated that. that. That would have been such a bad twist. Because guess what? Sam's probably going to be the killer in the next movie. <laughs> I don't know. She, it seems like there's some hope for her in this. So. I know she drops the mask at the end and whatnot. But yeah. like... And how do they know which mask is whose? Oh, because they get like 15 minute DNA results. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like Sydney That's wore another... the mask. That's another thing too. DNA and also, were we ever that we don't ever see two ghost face costumes for any of the killers? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Billy's mom doesn't wear a ghost face costume once. Yeah, I like I don't care if she's one of the killers, she isn't the killer. How far was Rich's Mickey? Mickey was the killer of that scream too. I will always say that. How how much was uh, fucking Richie a stab fan? By the way, because. It was kind of like okay. I like know they used as a Halloween thing. Did you that, could you pick up the movie he was actually talking about though? Uh, when they cut, I'm pretty sure he's talking about the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> I'm ninety percent sure because it's definitely Jack Quaid, young Jack Quaid on yeah. the footage. But when they show what he's actually doing instead of like the creepy like there was a lot of like Nazi imagery too with like the ghost faces. Yeah. I was just kind of. From what I saw in the beginning with the Tony Tony's character, uh-huh. I thought there was going to be a cult. I thought there was going to be a ghost ghost face cult. I would have actually not minded. I would. Have, that's what I was expecting, and I was expecting the movie to actually be following a member of the killers, and like they were twisting it to where, yeah, you know who the killer is the whole time, but no one else does. Yeah. And you get to now witness Which, this. By the way, that is one of the scariest openings I've ever seen besides the first one. And maybe the second one, at least an honorable mention for the second one. But That's such an effective that, way to also get them out of 
public. Yeah. That was so effective. I was like, this is so smart because it always starts Home Alone, them Home Alone. She's in a bar around many people and she gets gutted in the middle of the fucking alley. And she's screaming for her life too. And the funny thing is about that, I've heard that, you know, in New York, they keep to themselves. Like, Stuff like that can happen in New York. Well, do you re- you know the finale of Seinfeld, right? Yeah, where... Uh, they don't help the lady who gets uh, mugged because in New York, people get mugged all the time and they ju- that's what they do. Yeah. So that's something established all the way back in 1998 was when the show ended. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, so that's a thing. So, I maybe it's because we're from Ohio, but I just feel like if I heard someone screaming, I'd be like... We gotta get there. <laughs> like we gotta go. Let's get everyone together. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> yeah. But um. Oh, uh, real quick. Too. But uh, okay, let's talk about how good are these supposed stab films. I would. I these say... films. Like, there's something interesting. There's like things being <laughs> said. There's like the whole like idea of like the obsessed fandom aspect yeah. of it. But like, so many people are just willing to like. I want to fucking kill someone. I imagine in the very beginning when Tony's killed, it's Dylan McBroney because he is very mad about the fact that he said she felt like an animal. And he was very pissed at Sam because he said, when I saw the photos, even though like, should we show you photos of what your son did? Yeah. Like, why was this cop? So, and then he was like, I'm going to let my other kids be killers. This is an entire fucking family of killers. He is like the world's worst father. He's the world's <laughs> worst father. Like, if, if Dylan McBroney, you got Dylan McBroney in one corner, world's worst father, Jack Champion, asshole, and then redhead girl who, she she did fine. <laughs> she did fine. I have no complaints about her. Besides, yeah. they really use her as, like, the stereotypical, like, I just like sex. I really, well, Sex positive, it was what she says. Yeah, sex positive. <laughs> but she's like, a sex positive, but thank you. Um, from what we have seen, we're going back to stab real quick, right? So, uh, from what we have seen in these stab movies, we have seen in the screen movies, the beginning of stab one and the uh, <laughs> very fucking hilarious Owen Wilson and Tori Spelling cameo. Stupid. And of yeah. course, the opening to whatever stab uh, what movie they're watching. Six, wa- six or seven, yeah. Man, Those I am hungry right now. Are really cheesy. They're really bad. <laughs> like the acting. I think it's supposed to be the point, but like in all of them, um, I would say the only decent thing I've seen in a stab movie, and it sucks because I hate this movie so much, um, is in Scream Four when. Uh, it's the fake out opening, not the one with Anna Paquin is all of a sudden a expert. I did not buy that shit for a second. That Anna Paquin's like this big whore. But that's the point, because like, like in that scene, she's what next to Kristen Bell. Yeah, those are like two extremely beautiful women, and oh. they're both blondes in that moment. So like, that's the stereotype. Like, it's the dumb, sexy blondes Which- in the beginning. I did like the twist that she was the killer and she kills her. And she's like, no, I'm the killer. And (laughs) no, seriously, shut the fuck up. (laughs) That was a fun one. I'll tell you what, though, with that movie, I'll take that over the two, like, girls in the actual Woodsboro. Like, those two are just annoying as hell, especially the girl that gets killed uh, with the garage door coming down on her back because she's like, you're just a dumb blonde with the big tits. And she's like, I got a 4.0 GPA and 120, uh, 160 IQ. Is this Scream 4? Yeah, I'm like, 
I don't give a flying fuck what your grade point <laughs> average is or that. It felt like that was so, like, that was so much of a forced line. And I was just like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. I don't really give a fuck about you. Your characters are annoying as shit. It's like the first time I've ever cheered for Ghostface to kill somebody. Um, I didn't mind Kirby being back, but... I liked Kirby this time around. I always liked Kirby. I did like her in 4. I didn't like almost anything about 4. She the reason why she's back is because she's the best. Okay, watch four. Just but keep it Kirby, keep it Kirby. Well, you see, I also like the this is and this is it's not hypocritical, but it's just Boo. I think it was executed better in six than it was four. It's a scene where they're talking about in four. Um, they do a, uh, Rory Calkin and her do a um, little. Is it Rory Calkin? Yes. Yeah. No. No. Uh, no. No. It's um. Because Rory was in Scott Pilgrim, right? No. That's uh, Kieran. Kieran, okay. Kieran Culkin was fuller on um, Home Alone. Okay, yeah, so, so that that's... Culkin. So, Kieran is also on Succession, and she was... Okay, no, he. Uh, yeah. uh, Scott Pilgrim, okay, yeah. So, yeah, you were right. So, um, the scene where they're doing the trivia, and it's just like... I felt like her character would not know that stuff. You know what I mean? Like who But you're judging a book by its cover in yes, that I sense. Yes, I am because yeah. I went through that shit in high school and I have my right to say this. But, but it, it, this time around though, it felt when it was her and Mindy talking, it felt more natural like on the conversation. I felt like, you know, because as time goes on, maybe she would have discovered those movies and everything and we don't know her home life. They we I just, I, I didn't we are given w- well because you're basing it off just personal knowledge, but that's also like taking someone and saying, "Well, then if they're part of this, then they are all this." Well, well, but like, you don't want to do that. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. but high school's over. I know. This is today. I know. I'm 34 now. So <laughs> Hayden Panettera. I've always had a crush on her. Oh. So when she was in Scream Four, I was like, "Yes." When she was Kirby. And she was a movie nerd. I said, yes. But when she died, I said, fuck off. And then they brought her back. And I said, yes. But <sighs> she makes some weird ass faces in this movie a lot of times. And they tried to make her a little bit. They almost made. They wanted her to be almost at Mindy's level of sarcasm. And I think that got a little shaky. Yeah. But also, Kirby's my girl because Friday the 13th Part 4. Yes, I love when it, Mindy that she said, said final the chapter. I when she said final chapter, I was like, "That's what's up." And Mindy yeah. said two, and I was like, "And then Psycho two being underrated." I was like, "I yeah, mean, I like it. It's not horrible, but like, if I'm comparing it to Psycho, which is one of my all time favorite movies, because yeah. I I I work with a guy. Um, he's going to be on the podcast eventually. His name's Joey. I just met him today, but me and him both talked about how much we like cinematography and psycho has just some of the most iconic cinematography ever known and the subway scene so damn good yeah the i was on the i was everything was so intense how they shot the opening and like how they the alley and how they shot the alley i was like is that alley like super fucking long or am i just like i couldn't like it, it was because the buildings were clearly not that thick. And, like, she even heard the people laughing and she was almost there. But then they did the thing. I was like, oh, God, she's about to get fucking stabbed. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I'll give these, uh, the, they, they call themselves radio silence. Um, I'll give them credit. They know how to make us care for the victims. 
Can you come because let's go back pre uh, radio silence. Can you remember besides maybe Drew Barrymore a time where you felt bad for a victim in a scream movie? Um, Randy. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Turn the page, Dewey. <laughs> no, that's radio silence. What's oh okay yeah um well in third the third okay um I keep mentioning my buddy Brandon but he was the one I watched this with no, so we we talked about thank well me and him talked a little bit after okay, we've but, texted but uh, he ranked his movies and he had three and four at the bottom I I can't remember which order I was like honestly I could flip flop either one of those like some days I think three is worse than four sometimes I admire that four took some interesting concepts and ideas and tried to. It, it was just bad like I didn't like the twist of like Emma Roberts because Emma Roberts I don't care what you think of her she's she does good in some things but I didn't think that was the role for her she was terrible yeah Lake yeah. Bell was actually supposed to have that part Lake Bell I couldn't see her as that young yeah maybe it's cause no no even, no that time frame mm, ah, maybe I think she would have done better wait no cause Emma, she oh, just couldn't deliver what year was Scream 4 11 Two years later, she was playing Owen Wilson's wife in a movie where they're trying to escape a nation of people. It's an action movie called No Escape. Yeah. So her playing Sydney Prescott's very young niece, I didn't see happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I could have been I, wrong. It was a girl from Twilight. I know that she had like short hair in Twilight. Cause oh, I, Ashley Green. It was yeah. Ashley Green. Yes, that's. I would have been okay with Ashley Green. Yeah. I think Ashley Green deserves a little bit of a break because Emma Roberts, that's Nepo. That's Nepo baby. Oh, yeah. She's a Nepo baby. Full. Not all Nepo babies don't deserve their success because there are some very successful and talented Nepo babies. Actually, they were both Nepo, the both of them that were the killers and former Nepo babies. And well, because the Culkins, yeah. yeah. But uh, they, <laughs> this is funny to say, but they kind of brought their family's reputation as actors to shame because it's no like, no 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 their performance were atrocious man um oh you're talking about in that movie i was about yeah. to say i will bat for kieran culkin he's rory. the rory wait who's in succession i don't know fuller rory court uh kieran okay so i was right the first time don't do this <laughs> all right rory culkin's signs there you go i just saved you like okay, yes, hours. that actually really helps me weirdly. <laughs> um, so Kieran Culkin, though, um, he's in Succession. He's like one of the no. There are no likable people in Succession, but you love this awful family. <laughs> um, and then there is. Um, I've only watched one episode, by the way, mm-hmm. so I don't know why I'm, I'm saying like I'm an expert on Succession. But damn, that's a good show so far. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's in Scott Pilgrim. And I thought he was really good. And Fuller is a funny character. But I now that this is here, um, I'm just going to throw this question out there and then we can move on. Yeah. Um, was Kevin just like dead meat to them when they woke up Fuller? Yeah. Now, like, Fuller was uh, a bed over. <laughs> yeah. That, mo- that well, whole movie does not work now because... Fuller woke up on his own. No, because they show people going up and down stairs and constantly, and like I'm pretty sure. Or he slept. No, no, because Fuller wouldn't have woken up on his own. Everybody slept because that's the joke. Is like we slept in, ah, and then like they're all. Yeah. Wait, that was uh, 
They used to Nutcracker. No, uh... We're tiny, we're toony, toony, we're all a little loony. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, uh there was, uh... <laughs> why, why did I go that route? <laughs> um, oh, crap, I'm veering away. But, yeah, like, three and four... But, yeah, he's a good actor. Like, if, if he was in that role, like, uh... He would have fucking crushed it. Yeah. But uh, Rory's just whatever, because he was even weird in Signs. But uh, This is the new Stu and Randy, or... Yeah, yeah. this is the new Billy, and this is the new Stu, and... Yeah. But, uh... But this, uh the film... Oh my I, god, she was terrible. I just... I'm so... What's baffling me, because I know people are trying to... They probably... Listeners are probably like, wait, does he love this movie or hate it? Because <laughs> the thing is, you could, there are definitely complaints about this movie. But it's uh, so unlike a series to be six in yeah. and get better. Yeah. Like, leaps and bounds. Like, the fifth one I liked. I don't want to say anything bad about the as fifth one. As long as we don't get Ghost Space in space, though, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> right. Now, I don't know. I honestly don't know what they could do with this. Yeah. going further but you know this movie's going to make money i love too how they uh have how they've answered a personal question on my part was how are these masks still around and there's like a news report saying that it's record numbers this halloween uh that um the stab masks uh for the stab masks. well because well it, uh, there is something interesting about what they do mm-hmm. they say it's not so much about killing the person you have to kill their character yeah and that's what helps their plan actually better because Dylan McGroney being the the cop, like I took and like their whole plan actually made sense to me because the whole thing was they were trying to make it clear that like Sam was actually a psychotic. That was the whole thing. I understood that. Yeah. I understood that they the, pretty much the whole plan is to frame Sam being the killer because they she, she killed. The, he killed their brother and son and whatever. Yeah. And dude, when I I and I'm so mad because I teared up a little bit when he said I lost both of my kids, and I am a father of two. And I said fuck this movie, and I put my head in my shirt because I teared up a little bit. And Br- Brandon, of course, is in there laughing, but um, I'm a little pissed. Because yeah. I'm like I, I, I we obviously oh dude. Okay, Spike gets the best best death. Okay, okay, again, he stabs Tara in the stomach. And then he gets the... Oh, he gets it through the mouth, and that was satisfying. Yeah. Because, you know, he shouldn't have said what he said, because that's rapey. And I don't like that. I I just don't like rapey things. It's it's disgusting to me. Oh, jeez. I had to go that route. Oh, man. (laughs) I just thought he was bad. I thought that was... That that line was very poorly... That's probably, like, my biggest bugaboo is that... Just that line alone. Just the delivery. I'm like, uh... And then, like... Yeah. And the fact that you can tell it was supposed to be like Stu, and I have such I an think... admiration for Matthew Lillard that I'm just like, don't do Matthew Lillard. Don't ever try to mimic Matthew Lillard in these movies because Stu was him. Yeah, he brought well, not all because I'm not. I don't think Matthew Lillard would kill a person in his life. Maybe he would. I don't know. But being he's, next to the man, nice. I Jason, I only met him for thirty seconds. And it was an experience. It was. A, I felt warm. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Sophie said she felt the same way about um, Skeet Ulrich, 
And I was just like, I didn't feel that way about Skeet. Well, no, she also said it about Matthew Lillard, but she was like, I felt that way about both of them when we met them. But uh, Matthew Lillard, though, he he squeezed my arm and brought me a little closer into him, and I was just like, oh, shucks. <laughs> he gave me a hug at Whorehound. Yeah, he gave uh, me a, that was like, right. he's giving me a hug, and he looked into my eyes, and he smiled at me, and I was like, okay, there's a, there's a line in Parks and Rec, and... <laughs> And I have to say it because it's the best way to ha- how I ha- how would you describe it? But he it's John Ralphio, and he's talking about how he just went and he got his butthole waxed from the lady at this place, and he's like, and he runs into Ben Wyatt and he says, "I can give you the lady the lady of my waxer," and she's like, "The lady who does your butthole," and he goes, "Yes, but you know what? She you know what she told me? She gave me great advice. She's like, why is it what it?" What's the point of doing what you do if you don't love it? And then she ripped the hair from my beehole. And <laughs> so <laughs> But and, but then the next slide is where I'm going with this. He's like, and, but she looks at you and she smiles and, she, and you feel things. And that's how I felt. Like he gave me a hug, he smiled at me. I felt warm, but I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> That's what I felt with Matthew Lillard. It's because, it's because of Matthew Lillard. I know now what... Please, call me Joe. Yeah, old I, I know that feeling. The Scrubs Joe guy is Matthew Lillard in yeah. real life. Like, like I, I like... Um, oh, I saw Grace. Gotta, I saw Grace's <laughs> right. I saw Grace on Facebook's really excited to meet them again. Yeah, and that's cool. Like I have no a part of me would love to go, but I my money is called for elsewhere, and that's fine because that's what I'm focused on right now. Yeah. That's my personal stuff. I won't share it on here. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh God, I, Matthew Lillard is uh, anyone listening? If you have a chance, he's going to be in Cincinnati. What? What's the date? Um, March twenty fifth uh, and twenty sixth. He won't be there Friday, but he he is. He's so nice. I one of the if you people in the world, if you are in around the Cincinnati Ohio area and you can get there, get in somehow, do it, meet him. You won't regret it. Yeah. But bring money. It's expensive. Uh, <laughs> also, I want to give a just a creditable shout out. Dick Warlock is also awesome. If you ever get to meet him at a Dick. convention, his his days are running. <laughs> According to his wife, um, he's not doing much of these anymore. I think he's doing maybe two more, and he's done. That's why I had to get that Halloween three op with him because yeah. I have we have the photo of him from my second whorehound. Yeah, and he's making the same fucking face. I love it. It's yeah, my the 2011 face. Yeah, it's the same yeah, face. I, it's the same yeah, face like as that. the newest one. I love and that man to He was so nice and so cool, but. Um, Okay, yeah, we need to wrap this up, though. It's almost one thirty, and I have to be up at 5.30. Uh, <laughs> so, overall, to sum this movie up, I think it reinvents the series in a very much-needed thing. But there are still hiccups that they need to fix along the way. If Kirby comes back, I think it should be very limited. Because we know she's FBI, which kind of annoys me that these kids would have had the drop on her because she they they say her age is thirty they uh-huh. they so she is smart she is intelligent to be in the FBI yeah plus she loves you know horror movies what's not to love about Kirby I should read I should read <laughs> um what else oh dude they played it off so well that she wasn't the killer because when she had the key card going in I was like 
hold up a second. And then she had that weird smile and something. But I guess it was like, okay, she could have been just... Because I know the thing is, nobody really knows who the killer is until they reveal it. Unless they don't oh, they do got, that. They got a, she got a major cheer, by the way, when she pops up shooting at them and everything. Like... I thought it was going to be so, the boyfriend at first, to be honest with you, when the gunshots... Because I thought Kirby was out for the count. Yeah. I thought they were going to... Actually, no. The TV on the head, yeah. I thought was Chad. And when I saw it was Kirby, I was like, oh, okay. I I was... It, it makes it sound like I didn't want Kirby to live, but Chad just like... I think what get, got me with Chad is in the beginning when Tara's... Because there's also a lot of about... Is the girl, okay, is the girl who plays Sam Carpenter necessarily a good actress? That's what we should be asking. No. Because is she uh, delivering this very melancholy? She's not bad. Um, she's not awful. She's, you know. She's not towards spelling bad or anything. Uh, but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or, uh, Jenny McCarthy as, uh. Like, I'm only in two scenes. Like, I get out of the oh, shower, and they see my boobs, and then I get killed. Or whatever she says in Scream I love, too, how she doesn't know shit about Hitchcock movies. The shower scene's been done before. Vertigo, hello. Uh, psycho, ding dong. <laughs> I, w- I think that was... I really... Okay, I'm going to give her the benefit of a doubt and say that was a joke. But if it's not, oh, oh yeah. my god, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call up Donnie as Mark. Think of Paul Pass real quick. That creepy guy that works at the co- uh, coffee place. No, you were serious. <laughs> but um, call up Jenny McCarthy as Mark Wahlberg and be like, or no, call up Donnie as Mark Wahlberg and be like, listen. Your wife, she doesn't even, she hasn't even watched Psycho, okay? Who doesn't fucking watch Psycho, okay? Everybody knows who Norman Bates is. Everybody knows that Mrs. Bates ain't even really alive. How can a hard <laughs> ass like him have such a, like, just a pleasant voice? Like, he can put a baby to sleep with his voice. <laughs> I've heard you piss. It sounds feminine. <laughs> First of all. Sounds like a baby blowing out a birthday cake. <laughs> lions? Oh, uh, with a school of tuna, I assume that they're off the coast of East Africa. <laughs> we won't get into that movie. I love that's my well, favorite Will Ferrell scene of any movie ever is just him one upping Mark Wahlberg because that whole time you can tell it's just improvising because Mark Wahlberg's that part is like, oh yeah, that's what you're gonna do, and then like, what's next? And that's when we're like, and then we will devise a, bri- a breathing apparatus involving <laughs> kelp <laughs> and just like you can tell he's making it up on the edge but anyway okay we gotta stay focused we do here. gotta say aim for the bushes though aim for the bushes but anyway bushes. so as i was saying <laughs> the i think the series is in really good hands i think they are i think west craven would be proud of the series mm-hmm. they're changing up they're bringing in new styles um I like so far the characters they're bringing in, but they're keeping the formula. There's two. It's two episode of the wiki, yeah. almost like oh, will these people be able to survive? Find out next time. But that scene with the convenience store was intense. He comes because yes. he doesn't give a fuck. He starts killing people. As he enters until everyone clears out, and he he gets the fucking shotgun, and he's like, and I was like, you know what? That's more realistic to me because I think, and I said this, you weren't here for it, but the, on the spoiler-free part, I said, I think the reason why the kills are getting where they're like just stabby, 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 like repeatedly, yeah. there's not much you can do with that knife. Yeah. Because Ghostface is always the same character with the same knife, same weapons. 
So I think it's scarier the more ghost Ghostface stabs people though because oh dude intense. I get physically I found myself uncomfortable yeah like I never get uncomfortable in horror films I've we've awesome watched uh, how many hundreds of horror films now but like this one like when um who was getting stabbed everyone <laughs> the one with Sam and Dylan Maroney got me because of just his screams Chad's stabbing one got me. Samara Weaving's one's got me. Samara Weaving's death made me really uncomfortable. Mendy's? Like, oh, dude, that... It, well, I felt like I was witnessing something really happening. I, that was I the felt, intensity building. Because that's what I was talking about, the suspense. Is you're building up to... The, you, we know she's going to die. Yeah. As an audience member, we know she's the first death. Like, that's the but first she, time I've wanted to help a victim. But she's not even the first was, real death, technically. Because yeah. she's not killed by the real ghost face. No. Of the movie, she's killed by what uh, quote unquote wannabes. That does make him a ghost face, though, because he oh, he's definitely ghost face. Yeah. Which again, I that's where I was kind of right because when they showed the trailer, mm-hmm. uh, the tr- uh, the poster, and I saw him added, I was like, that's the guy. But I guess him and Samara Weaving were both added last, yeah. so that makes sense. Why like if that that's actually a good way of like going about it. But now I feel like anytime someone's last added to it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But okay, uh, let me sum it up because we got about five minutes here, uh, judging from our timer here. Um, I would rank this. That's the best way to sum this up. This would be my second favorite. This out is of my third. You scream two. I'm assuming it's your second. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, hard, guys, it's, re- it's, it's really hard to beat that one. Like my mine with the final two, I can almost flip, flip them because I like. There, Mickey is such a good killer for the series. Uh-huh. Mil- Mickey makes sense with that whole like the, it's Billy's is a mother and Timothy Oliphant just is. Love I love. I really wish Whorehound would get him for a scream reunion because I've already met. I've met most of the first ones. I just I've met the first films cast. I want to meet the second cast. I want to say to him though, I would. I'm. I will hit you. <laughs> I just want to point with him in two I fingers. <laughs> I. I I want to point with him with two fingers and say, get in. <laughs> That's the one thing I always remember from his character from The Girl ne- the girl Next Door is just he always pointed with two fingers like this. Always leaving them wanting more. Always wanting, leaving them more. I, I, that's a guilty part. I love that movie. I don't care what people say. I get why people have problems with it, but I think that's a really good character-based movie. Yeah. But anyway, um, um, but uh, I would give it, if I have... Ooh, Letterboxd, I have to go by Letterboxd because that's how some people will find my stuff sometimes. It, so, out of five stars, which they always do, I'm going to go with, I'm going to say three and a half. Because okay. three and a half is like pretty good, I like it, but it's not too, I, I don't know, it could flirt with a four with me. But three and a half I feel more comfortable with out of the five. I'll actually give it a four and... The reason why on my part was after watching Dewey die in the last one, I was I was literally done with the series. I even said I was not even going to go see this one. And as time, but you did. Yeah, I did. Uh, advertisement. The advertisement was so good, and I'm like, I'm I'm going to give it a chance. And I actually like their characters now. Like you know, like I said, Tara and Chad. And I'm even going to throw Danny in there too because I really like Danny. He was a great he is a great character. So and I'm glad they kept who's him Danny. Cute. Oh, cute guy, yeah. cute guy. That's I, I. He was called cute oh. guy so many times that my brain registered like that's his name, cute guy. Yeah. 
uh, real quick, I want to talk about. Uh, I know we got like two minutes here. I mean, um, if we need more time, we can just restart I it love, if need be. But I want to kind of keep it because I'm tired. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of Halloween Easter eggs in this. And so many Halloween. Well, one, Sam Carpenter. Sam Carpenter. It's definitely uh, Sam Raimi, uh, John Carpenter combined. Multiple Michael Myerses uh, <laughs> on the subway. Uh, which, like I said, when they saw that, like they got like a big cheer actually from the crowd, which is awesome. Uh, Did you see the whips? Whoo! You okay? Yeah, it was a burp, and I was talking, so like it, yeah. like th- I was taking in air, and it's just. Did you see the Wednesday Adams reference yep. at the yeah? Yeah, I saw that. That was cool. Um, one thing that was cool is uh, if you if you've seen, have you seen that Guess Who poster for this movie? Yes, I love that poster, and it's such... It, whoever designed that deserves an award. Actually, I designed the VH cover for mine. Uh-huh. Um, is based off... I loved all the New York-based ones. I saw one, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan one. I, I th- that, that was one. my favorite one. I thought that was cool, so that that's why I steered away from my VHF's cover being that, because that was, like, my first, like, thought was to do that one. But then, no. Yeah. Um, they have the <laughs> Guess Who one. Uh, wait, no, uh, New York ones. What other New York films? They did a bunch of New York-based horror yeah. films one, but I decided to do Ninja Turtles I and him that. coming out of the sewer. So I that's why I chose that. that for the VHS cover because I was like, I can't get that imagery out of my head of like, because in the 90s, that was like the coolest poster was like their heads out. But of course, Ghostface's head wasn't going to be that. So I was like, okay, it's just going to be his body coming out of the sewer or something. Which, like I said, that the poster actually kind of reminded me just how, like how the the artwork was on it too. Kind of reminds me of those old Paramount ones back from the seventies and the eighties. That's what I base. I try to base all the VHS covers off like old because when I got into graphic design, that was like when my teacher asked me what got me into art. Uh, one of the things I mentioned was. I really love old movie posters because old movie posters were done with like someone had a pen and pencil and just started drawing like drew uh oh god St- uh St- drew St- uh I can't think of his uh Stuzart Stuzan he does okay uh he's the guy who did the Indiana Jones poster Star Wars posters all that such a phenomenal artist then you got people uh, like, um, I love the Friday the 13th one. If we want to go to horror real quick there, I love the Friday the 13th one where it's just the uh, body outline. Oh, the body outline one. But yeah. you can still tell like when you see like the people in it, it's still drawn in it. That's yeah. like always what, like when I first did this, I did the VHS covers. Cause like, I remember, uh, there's like the, the Mandela effect with the bear stain bears or bear stain bears, however people yeah. remember it. And, um, somebody found a VHS tape They've had two different Bearstein Bears. I to me it's Bearstein Bears um, so, tapes, and they both had different. They both had them on it, so it's not necessarily a Mandela effect. It was just like just some people. <laughs> it was just a misprint, and some people got it, some people didn't. Yeah. But um, the idea of the VHS covers was like okay in this world. Um, I want people to be able to visually see what I'm seeing in my head, but. After a while, it's gotten a lot harder to, like, make it look right because you need this – you need certain reference photos. I need I need reference photos. I'm that kind of artist. I can't really create the images from – I can tell you the images in my head, but I cannot put them down without having the reference because I'm very bad with portions unless I can see the por- 
not portions, proportions, unless I can see them. So that's always been the idea. So like this one, for instance, I had to do the Ninja Turtle one and it had to be Ghostface coming out of the series. Cause I'm like, that's going to be awesome looking like people, some people will get it, but it's, it also connects it back to the nineties where it all began. But uh, going back to the guess who game real quick, by yeah. the way, it reveals that Danny's last name is Brackett. His last name's Brackett. Yeah. His name's Danny Brackett. But my favorite Halloween, uh, my favorite Halloween Easter egg is they finally reveal Mrs. Loomis's name. Her name is Nancy Loomis. And I just, I... They do call her Nancy, damn it. Yeah, her name, her name is Nancy Loomis. And I'm like, I, I, I actually laughed when I saw that. And I was like, and then uh, when I was driving home... Because they do just, address, in the second one, they do just address her as Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. Or Billy's mom. Yeah, a lot of people assumed it was Debbie for the longest so, time. So, okay, uh, so now her name's Nancy Loomis. I, I looked at that, and I was driving home, and I asked my oldest stepson, I was like... Uh, you got the reference right, and Ryan Ryan didn't know, of course. Darren didn't know, and I was like, Nancy Loomis is the actress that played Annie Brackett. Brackett, yeah, yeah. And they all they were like, oh, and that's funny coming from Darren too, because they're both they're both horror uh, horror fans, but like Darren's really into Halloween, like I am. It's yeah. I I explain some things like there are sometimes like I cannot tell you a quote from a what I there are sometimes I cannot tell you certain scenes of Inception uh-huh. or Taxi Driver or something yeah. or Bla- even Blade Runner or Goodfellas even which it, that's even harder mm-hmm. but um but there are sometimes where it just kind of clicks better and I think it's just there's so much knowledge of these of movies and stuff out there that it just kind of gets jumbled sometimes but um. Yeah, um, uh, obviously I'm, I'm having this release right in the morning. So like people know like what to think of this movie or if people want to discuss it, obviously they can go to, uh, um, they can visit the Instagram page, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and they can ask us questions. They can like comment on things that they want to know more about. Or if you like, I feel like there's things we haven't talked more about with this movie. And that's why I kind of tried to keep going a little longer because I really just like this movie. I, yeah, I did too. The twist was a little underwhelming at first just because I built up a what I still think would have been. And you know what makes me mad is the Gale, tw- like when Gale's attacked, like they talked about how co- how good of a twist would that be? Gale Weathers trying to keep her story, trying to stay relevant becomes the killer. And I was like, fuck, why didn't they write that down? <laughs> but I still enjoy this um i don't think gail should come back in the future i don't think cindy could should come back in the future it's got a, now that we got quote unquote the core four which i thought i me, me and my buddy like every time like they brought it up we were like core four because <laughs> we thought it was just fun and then but when chad was like i thought chad was dying and he was just telling them to go yeah. but they, also it's like a lot of the stabbing happens in the shoulder area or, yeah. like, weird chest areas where you're like, why is there no more lung punctures? Why ain't this happening? And just, I, again, like, this movie, the, okay, this film franchise, to sum this up, because we really should just end it because we're just going to keep going. Yeah. Um, this franchise is on better footing than it was a year ago. Yeah. How the fuck it managed to fix itself in a year is the most... Like, that's a success story. That's t- that's Tony Robbins coming in with banana hands telling you, you're going to make a difference today. Yeah. Um, sorry about the banana hands thing. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, 
But um, I'm excited to see what happens. I think Sam's thing needs to... They need to find out what they want the, Sam's journey to be. Yeah. Because um, I know, like, she had this big thing where it's like, no, that's not me. But then Tara was like, well, I mean, he, he did kind of fucking, you know, he stabbed our friends and he killed a bunch of people. And, I mean, his son did try to kill us already before. And then, you know, you yeah. fucking, she stabbed, that eye stab was pretty cool. Like, they both, all th- well, the girl just gets shot in the head, which <laughs> I love that Tara's like, okay, and this is like a stupid part that they should have addressed why didn't he just shoot her that yeah uh, he's uh, okay because he makes like <laughs> i'm a police officer you think you're gonna and then like he like, runs he... towards her while she's running towards him and then she tackles him i brought him. that up to darren i'm like why is he running at her he has a gun and i was like did he think he was on the fucking and then he shoots it after <laughs> he gets grabbed by her yeah. after the fact and after he get, watches his daughter get shot in the head uh. <laughs> Summing up, I got two things I want to say before my time is up on here. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was I think it's funny as hell how people got so butthurt about Ghostface using a gun in this movie. It's like it's one scene and it's in the trailers and it's done, but I fucking love that scene. Do they not realize Ghostface has used a gun to kill somebody in every fucking screen movie? Only after being unmasked. This is the it's first still time. The same I know, thing. I know. I'm just saying. Fun fact. Yeah, it's happened, but this is the first time he's done know, with yeah. the, the costume. Uh, second thing, one thing that uh, you know, I was hoping would come up, and I guess I'll be the one to come up, uh, come up with it in this episode. Tara actually at one point has a very motivational speech that she gives Sam in the beginning of the movie. Oh, and when she's like, "This is my life," like, yeah. and like, you can't always watch over me. It's, I'll, I'll, I love how a horror movie, though, does give that positivity because we've all had bad things happen to us. At least most of us have. But that's not how we handle. Don't let no. Don't let this. We don't handle that. You got. I people should seek help. Yeah. What I'm saying (laughs) is those. Don't let those three days. You know, like she said, she's. Oh yeah, I don't want the three days to define my life. Exactly. But the thing is, and it's. Sydney Prescott didn't want those, that to happen to her, but yeah. look at Sydney Prescott. It, I, I it got, sucks, but this is a horror franchise, and that's kind of what's going to happen. Well, like, but, well, we might what, actually see a day where Sydney Prescott gets killed in these movies. Well, with what I'm going through right now, my, I'm not going to go into my personal life on here, but um, I've, I've gone through, just like you, I've gone through some hard patches here. And it's affected me psychologically in some ways and it's like that was actually i found that really moving like don't let something bad happen to you define your life going forward and everything like that and you know sometimes even though we all i get what you're trying to say but her case was like way different (laughs) in all respects to what you're trying i i get what you're trying to say but she was stabbed by her best friend (laughs) i I, I, I found it motivating no no it's a motivating thing for sure but like in her case like she's trying to say like why she doesn't need help and i was just saying the whole time no no you need that you need to talk to someone please talk to someone this because even when she kills someone she gives like she has like a bit of like lupita newinga in um us and us when she's like revealed to be the other um the tethered not the other the tethered yeah this was actually so good i didn't even look at my phone one time 
Um, no, I didn't look at my phone at all. Um, I was getting tired, of course, and I kind of was wondering about timing, but yeah. No, there's times, like, I'll pull out my phone. If a movie's boring that I'm watching in the theater, I'll just, like, look on Facebook and remember that. Well, don't do that, because we'll kick you out for that. (laughs) Well, I don't... You shouldn't be on your phone during a movie. That's, that's bad at a lot of times, I'm not around anybody, that's why, so... Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, so, uh... I won't do it while somebody's behind me, that's just fucking rude. Yeah, but I would definitely give this... I'm going to stick with three and a half stars. I feel safe with three and a half stars. I recommend this movie. It definitely resets the franchise while it still stumbles in areas. It needs to, like... It needs to get rid of some of the cheese with some of the relationship stuff. And with... Especially with Tara and Sam. Like, we get it. We get it. Their relationship's complicated. Let's move on. But, uh... Yeah. Um... I'm like I said. I'm sticking with four. Uh, it actually uh, brought my love back to the series after five. Um, five five's not even bad either. It's just there's that heartbreaking moment with Dewey and I. But you know, five was essentially just the same as Scream One almost, but yeah. a little different. That's that's the problem I have with Scream Five. This movie felt different. It didn't I, feel like a movie we've seen yet in this series. So. I will say this, though, and mark my words, if they end up somehow back in Woodsboro, because I feel like this is a trilogy. This is like a separate trilogy on its own. Well, they're definitely setting up the Familia thing. Um, (laughs) Oh, God, don't get me started on that. We're Woodsboro family. We're family now. Um, I guarantee you, if they go back to Woodsboro, we'll see Stu return. I think Stu's alive because... They're like, hinting at it. I'm just telling... Okay, Jason, I'm just saying. You don't frame a photo in that kind of, like, they took it and they're like, we gotta remind people Stu's dead. And then they go in the thing and they're like, well, also, but if he's really dead. And I'm just like, what? That felt well, like a... They, well, I, also, I, there's an Easter egg in uh, Scream 2022 where... Um, uh, uh, Richie is watching uh, like these podcasters talk about uh, Stab 8 and if you look at the thumbnails one of them was talking about uh, Woodsboro 2011 survivor Kirby Reed yeah so they hinted at her survival and then the one underneath it is did Stu Mocker really die see I feel like and I wouldn't mind that twist like if we're gonna end this series let's end it with the you know what We'll talk about it another time. Let's let's end this up. We both love the movie. It has its problems, but God, is it good. It's so it's entertaining. Really it's so entertaining. It's one of the first real good horror films that I've felt I've liked in a long time, Ex- especially after that awful Halloween ends. But um, we don't have to talk any more about that. Uh, this is Brian, the movie guy, and along with, uh, of course, Jason, thank you for coming on. Uh, We will catch everyone next time with Scream 7, Stew's Revenge.